What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Clear Path NBA podcast. Uh, uh, it's Jacob here, joined uh, again by Kyle Couples. Um, uh, welcome back, Kyle. Thanks for joining, man. Thanks for having me, Jacob. Yep, yep. You ready to talk some World Cup? Oh, yeah, we're ready to talk some World Cup. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a fun one. Um, it's uh, Yeah, we're going to be a little bit different of a structure this time. We're going to talk a little uh, World Cup with Kyle, who's our World Cup guy. I'm, I'm a big fan, but he follows it way closer than I do. Uh, you know, sadly. Um, uh, but I have been watching the games uh, and, and everything. So we'll chat a little World Cup. Then we'll uh, talk a little bit about the draft post uh, post stuff. Um, uh, a couple storylines there as we're getting into free agency. We'll start doing some more uh, free agency centric, uh, centric podcasts or whatever. So, but anyway, let's get into it, Kyle. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been a fun one. I mean, I, the, the time zone change is it's a little bit better. It's, it's probably a little bit better for you being East coast, but what my West coast being on the West coast, like the games are starting at like 5 a.m. And uh, 3 a.m. over here, so I've I've missed those first initial games <laughs> pretty much every time. You miss you missed some good ones, um, but now the group stage is finally finished. It finished mm-hmm. up today, so we'll uh, get down to the knockout stage. Half the teams have been eliminated; they're going home. And I just want to ask you, which one of those teams that is not playing anymore shocks you the most? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, probably, I mean. Obviously, Germany. <laughs> Obviously, that's probably the most shocking. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, I kind of thought uh, – I mean, I, I'll, I will say, honestly, it was more of like a hype train thing, you know, with the Nike jerseys and everything like that and kind of the pre-tournament hype and everything. But I really thought Nigeria had a chance to, to make it. And I thought they were going to be – I actually thought they would advance even up until almost the third game because of the way Argentina had uh, – had performed so far, but of course, in the end, Messi reigns. Messi comes through, and I'm looking at the bracket right now, and one side of this bracket looks way lopsided than the other. I mean, you have Uruguay, Portugal, France, Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, Belgium, and Japan on one side. Mm-hmm. This is this like is this the NBA? What is this? <laughs> is this the Western Conference versus the Eastern Conference? And on the other side, you have Spain, Russia, Croatia, Denmark, Sweden, Switzerland, Colombia, and then England. Mm-hmm. This is textbook East versus West NBA. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. It's a uh, it's uh, it's textbook. It's it's just like that kind of uh, that back and forth. It's like one heavy, uh, I guess one like uh, kind of heavy media favorite side where it's like everybody's going to pick somebody out of this this side to to make it to the uh, to win to win probably and it's going to be there's some big names here like this is like billboard stuff like france argentina brazil mexico like that's going to be it, it, it does seem lopsided well it'll be interesting to say the least uh base players get an off day tomorrow and then we'll start back up on saturday but Going back to what you said about Germany, it, it is disappointing that they didn't make it, mm-hmm. that they could not get out. But the curse continues. The last three World Cup champions failed to get out of the group stage, their next World Cup. They only returned 40% of their World Cup roster from 2014. They had some new faces in there. I'm not shocked that they didn't go through, but uh, it did raise an eyebrow when – they are heading up and heading back to Germany. 
And uh, probably the biggest disappointment for me in the group stage has been France. France, really? like, on paper, on paper, before this World Cup, like, the last two years, people were hyping up 2018. This is France's year. This is France's time. Their team is ready. It's talented. They're gelling. They are in sync with each other. And then the last four games, I've actually watched France play, and it is a disaster. They got six points out of the group. They won two games, but they won two to one versus Australia. They should have tied that game. I still that was questioning the, the Griezmann. The reviews, right? That was the one that the first game was changed by yeah. reviews. Yeah, I didn't agree with that call. I thought it was not a penalty. I thought Australia fought hard that game, and they should have tied that game. And then they went and beat Peru 1-0. Okay, Peru's first World Cup in 36 years, the nerves were still going through them and they couldn't capitalize. And then they had the only scoreless game in the group stage with Denmark 0-0. I just, all the hype surrounding them, all the talent surrounding them, and they scored three goals and one of them was a penalty kick. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they they had some uninspiring box scores for sure. Like that's, you can't, I mean – it was honestly a pretty high-scoring World Cup, you know, from what I remember. There was a lot of – I mean, there was a lot of goals. There was a lot more penalties uh, through the group stage, you know, based on the, a lot of that review stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right with the with the guys that they have on that squad and, and, and everything and, and being in what could have been looked at as a weaker group, uh, Group C, you, you could have expected a little more out of them. I mean, they, they advanced. They won first place in the group, but – Uninspiring for sure. I, w- I mean, I'd probably take Argentina to, to beat them in the in the next round. Yeah, after Argentina's little wake up, pick me up, and Messi's back rolling, all you had to do is get Messi one goal, and he he'll be fine. I think Argentina will beat France, and I'm rooting for Portugal to beat Uruguay so we can get Messi versus Ronaldo international style Please. In the quarterfinals. Please. Every when was the last time they played? I don't even know. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I am looking forward to that game. Yeah. And then uh, the national media wants to hype up Mexico. They beat Germany 1-0, but is that really impressive right now? No. No. Um, I saw the FIFA power rankings. They were as high as second. And Mexico, I'm just not a firm believer in them. And then they got the butts handed to them by Sweden, which the 3-0 shutout. And everybody in soccer, Mexico, is the curse of the fifth game. The fifth game they always play. They always lose it in the World Cup. Well, Mexican fans, you're not going to get a chance to play in that fifth game because I think Neymar and Coutinho are going to have to say something. I think Brazil doesn't squeak by. I think Brazil wins comfortably. Yeah. They've been they've been looking pretty strong in the first, a couple games that I've seen them. I mean, there hasn't seemed to be much, you know – much to worry about with their squad. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think Mexico probably – that's the, probably the end of their run. Um, it was a good run, Chicharito. I mean, Landon Donovan's going to be really upset, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, we, we, we can talk about the situation later. <laughs> that's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's, then, uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> My World Cup favorites are still in it, Belgium. Yep. So, we'll see. They, they rested Zard, De Bruyne, and Lukaku today. So – We'll get the ball rolling to play Japan. And then after that, it looks like a matchup with Brazil, which could be one of the matchups I 
thought was going to be the championship, but hey, it's the quarterfinals. So we'll see how it goes from there. The other side, it's just fan favorites. I mean, you have Sweden, you have Switzerland, you have Colombia, Croatia. Croatia is mm-hmm. finally getting the credit that they deserve. And then there's good old England, the curse of England, the, the pat on the back, get up. Oh, it's just England. They'll always choke. They'll always fail. But right now, they're in a good spot if they can beat Columbia to get all the way to the semifinals. No, you're right. You I mean, you, like you said, Croatia, like they won all three of their matches too. They really looked good. They kind of looked more like mentally, uh, I guess, tough than, than a lot of the other teams they faced. So, I mean, they, they, I mean, they weren't in an easy, easy uh, group either. I mean, they, you know, had Argentina, Nigeria, and Iceland, who was kind of an upstart. So, who playing with a lot of passion. So, that, but, I mean, they, they were pretty poised the whole time. If you are listening and you don't know who to root for in the knockout stage, Croatia is your team. You're going to enjoy loving watching them play. Mandzukic, Modric, they are class acts on the field. Mm-hmm. You will absolutely love them. Well, Mandzukic, not so much. He's, he's more of a class clown, but the way he plays the game, you'll fall in love with him. Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's the round of 16, man. It kind of it kind of went by faster than I really like realized it. I mean, you sit here and you wait like what? I mean, four years in between World Cups. I remember the last one. You know, I was in still in college. That was when we played. You know, we made it out of the group of death and, and lost to Belgium. I remember being just like so in tune with it and and you know just like watching games at like Buffalo Wild Wings and Starkville and everything like that. Like, uh, it, I don't know. It just seems like it went by faster this time. I don't know if it's because I was busier with work or whatever, but it seems like it's just been blown. It's been like speeding by really fast. I'll go with the time zone difference to blame that one because you exactly. wake up in the morning, there's a game playing. That's uh, true. Last time it was in Brazil. So, nah, so we, yeah. we got a little bit of leeway on that one. But uh, my last question, who do you think is going to win it? <sighs> I mean, just from the games I've seen, like, you know, I just got done watching Belgium, you know, kind of just have its way with England, even without their top, like you said, three players. I mean, it wasn't like they dominated, but they really just, you know, kind of controlled the, the whole time. I want to pick them, but, you know, actually, yeah, I'm going to pick Belgium because I think last World Cup when they did the same thing and, you know, they beat us and then they made it to the, the you know, uh, I guess the lead eight quarterfinals, whatever you want to say. Um I think they were. That was like the year too soon. They were hyped up, but it was the year too soon for them. I think. Uh, I think this go round, everybody's a little bit older. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win it. I'm gonna stick with Belgium too. I've been saying it for the past three months. I've been called mm-hmm. crazy many a time. So, Jacob, we're either gonna be hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's true. I mean, the thing is, Belgium being in that top half of the 16, you know, they may they may get slipped up. If I had to pick somebody from the bottom to just like, you know, kind of fall backwards into a championship or something like that, I'd probably have to go with like Croatia. I think they could probably do it. But, I mean, that would be – that would be, you know, that would be crazy. Yeah, man. So, you ready to uh, switch gears? Let's yeah, talk let's about do it. the uh, NBA. I've had some time to think about this one. I <laughs> know. We, we let it simmer, both of us. Uh, both our teams had top five picks. So um, we had enough time to, to vent and get all our frustrations out. But, um, but yeah, 
let's jump into it because uh, there was a couple a couple things happened. <laughs> I think uh, the Hawks uh, were involved in the the biggest news of the night in the trade for uh, Luka Doncic. But you know, Aiton goes number one. Um, Bagley goes number two. That was kind of all assumed. Um, then you guys, Doncic is in your lap. He's got an Atlanta Hawks hat on because they always do that on ESPN where they interview them and they give them the hat on stage, even though the trade's already been announced. So, and it's never, the trade's never not been approved. So, um, but uh, what do you think, man? Are you, are you upset? I know you were a Doncic guy. You wanted him, right? I am. I'm just, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> um, to watch Luca wear the hat, and after closely following him for a year or two, mm-hmm. and um, man, I really wanted him in Atlanta. But the guy who makes the decision gets paid a lot more than me to do it. So I guess I'm going to have to trust him. Uh, really wasn't high on Trey Young, even when he was on Sports Center every night. Uh, still didn't think he could play some defense and had some turnover problems. But if Lloyd Pierce wants him, we'll, we'll roll with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I did like the Villanova guy that we picked up, uh, Selman. I do like that fit. I had some time after a heated draft night to cool myself down after realizing Luca will be in Dallas. But I really like, other than that one miss up. I really like that. But mm-hmm. the biggest miss up that I took away from that the Hawks did is they gave away the 34th pick for absolutely nothing. And I was curious about that because Charlotte took Graham from Kansas with that pick. And I was thinking that he would, I was hoping that he would be a bench roll guy in Atlanta. And we just kind of like basically gave it up for nothing. So I probably, looking back on it, that's what I'm most upset about. And that's what I have questions with the most. It's, we can talk all day about Luca versus Trey. And we'll, that'll be a huge topic during the season. But I want to follow the picks from 34 or below to see why the Hawks just gave it up so quickly. Yeah, and uh, sometimes, uh, and I, you know, a lot of, you know, unpacking that there, you know, starting with the most recent thing he said, uh, a lot of times I think, and you see a team like Atlanta with three first-round picks, the second round, and not, not saying it's the right decision, sometimes selling a second-round pick like that, or not necessarily selling, you got two future ones in 19 and 23, uh, but it may just be purely like a salary thing. Like you don't want to pay a guy, what is it like a million dollars or something, you know, it's a small salary for a you know, small guaranteed contract for a second round guy. But that's why you end up seeing a lot of teams that either sell it or they trade it for future second round picks because they're just like, I don't want to pay four rookies or I don't want to pay, you know, there's not, and there's nobody. That, I still think it's a bad decision because there was some really, really, really quality guys in that second round. And, even Graham, you know, I was, I'm a fan of Graham. I think he's, you know, he's got an elite jump. He's got an NBA jumper. He can, uh, you know, find a role, whether it's, a, you know, handling the ball off the bench or if he just becomes like kind of a Patty Mills type shooter, you know, who made his way into almost a starter level, level player. Uh, but there's a lot of wings there that they could have taken too, like, you know, Kyrie Thomas, Jared Vanderbilt, a lot of guys that in that Atlanta system – where wings seem to flourish and really like 
you know, really improve their game in the first few years. You know, they really come to their own in Atlanta. Like there's coaching, just the culture there. I, mean, I would have taken a chance on one, you know, like I think they should have. It's here nor there. It's time to just get behind the guys. I do believe Memphis got their guy. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a solid pick for your Grizzlies there. Jaron Jackson. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you, like, I, I, I was not a fan. I mean, obviously I'm not, it's not, you know, an indictment of the guy's talent or his, his deserve deservedness of being a top five pick. I wanted us to take a shot at a wing, possibly trade back to six, seven, eight, something like that and go for a wing. Uh, maybe like a, you know, a Kevin Knox or a miles bridges or something like that. I was a big fan of both of those guys. Um, maybe get an extra asset in, in it. Or, I mean, obviously, if there was a trade with Atlanta there, I would have liked us to explore the move up to from four to from three to four to three to get Doncic. But after the, you know, the post-draft interviews, uh, you know, I've watched the local media interviews now. He's been on the radio shows and stuff. They've made the rounds. Man, Jackson is a – he is a winner. Like, he's – that guy's personality is one that you fall in love with immediately. Like, regardless if you were fired up or not, like, you can't not root for the guy after that. So, at least there's that. At least we didn't draft a guy who clearly just didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big thing. Uh, a one team uh... – one pick that I kind of actually like a lot is uh, yeah. the big ragu to Milwaukee. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that one does stand out. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I, I know he's not going to have, like, the impact as a starter or an all-star, but I just, I just kind of like Steven Chinzo mm-hmm. with Budenholzer. I, I, I think it's going to be a good – chemistry and I look forward to his he's going to be a great role player um there's a lot of good role players on this and but the uh biggest thing that shocked me though was Robert Williams falling to Boston at 27 I can't believe so many teams passed on him and Boston just got a gift they basically got a lottery guy and with how Boston is right now and they're in trade talks with San Antonio we can talk about it Later, they're getting Kyrie back. They're getting Hayward back, and the Celtics seem to be the talk of the town. In the NBA is the one thing that nobody's really talking about is that they got a steal in the draft. Yeah, no, I mean you're right. I mean he he was definitely a lottery talent. He was projected to go even higher last year if he'd have come out as a freshman. But um, I think uh, I, I also thought it was a little shocked that he fell. But I kind of think the reason why is because of I mean, look, he's 6'10", he's 230, he's, he's an athletic freak. He can obviously develop into a better rim protector. He wasn't really in that role at Texas A&M. I mean, he, he had some stats, he had some blocks and all that, but he wasn't really playing the five. He was playing the four. And now that, uh, you know, he'll be in the NBA system, he'll probably be a bench or the third big man off the bench for Boston and do some rim running and stuff like that. But I think the reason you saw him fall, you know, past all those playoff teams that, you know, up until 27 is just like prioritization of wings over wings and bigger guards over uh, over bigs. And, you know, you've got there's a lot there's a lot of even, you know, free agent big men this season that are very, very starter level players that are going to be making pennies on the dollar based on what some of these wings are making 
you know, uh, in the league. So I think it's just an oversaturation of big men, a kind of a transition into the type that you want. I mean, Williams does fit the mold of a guy that you want now in the NBA, an athletic guy that can protect the rim and, you know, guard somewhat on the perimeter, you know, can at least keep guys from going right past him when he switches on them. But I think that's kind of why I think you got a lot of those, this draft was really heavy after the, the top five or so with wing guys. And I think a lot of teams are just like, you know, we're going in, we're, 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 we're getting super, super duper depth on the wing. So I can't hate on it. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. What uh, I want to get your opinion on this. I haven't even talked to you about it, but Grayson Allen and Utah <laughs> with the 21st pick, I thought it was going to be a second rounder. And then Utah was like, nope, this is our guy. <laughs> that was pretty high. Yeah. Uh, Boston was like evidently rumored to want him at 27, um, which I don't know if they would have taken him if he was, if him and Williams were still there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of felt like he had a late charge to be a top 20 pick, you know, top 25 pick. I kind of had him slotted as like an end of the first round guy, maybe the last pick of the first round, something you just take a chance on. But, uh, but yeah, he actually, it seemed like his last few workouts that he had, really uh improved his stock he's uh i like it because all right him and uh him and donovan mitchell didn't get along in the acc so it (laughs) they they got he was one of the guys that he tripped (laughs) Uh, so we'll so we'll see how that happens we'll see how those teammates for what it's worth, though, uh, Donovan Mitchell was doing the post-draft interviews for ESPN, and they actually were chopping it up and, like, joking around and everything after he got picked. So maybe that's completely behind him. We'll see. But once they get on the court, though, that's when it'll really be tested, the attitudes. <laughs> yeah, uh, we saw what the Chicago Bulls did with some attitudes last year. So let's see if it'll go to Utah. I'd much rather a uh, Donovan Mitchell Grayson Allen fight than what we had last year with Portis and Miritich. Yeah, that was. Please just have a camera in there <laughs> when this happens. Oh, you you know wherever Grayson Allen goes, there's going to be a camera. Yeah. Did you um? Now you said you mentioned Divincenzo a little earlier, and I, I I like the potential there. Were you surprised they took him over somebody like Lonnie Walker, who kind of dropped a little bit? Like that guy was projected also to go probably like top twelve, top fifteen. Um, do you think it was one of those where Milwaukee just like knew they wanted him and it was like, if he's there, we're taking him. Yeah. I feel like Budenhoser was like, this is the guy I want. He's the guy I want in my system. I don't care who's available. They circled him, put a push mm-hmm. pin through him on the board and said, give me his phone number. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, who was it that was rumored to trade up? I think it was, um, Maybe it was Minnesota or somebody was looking to tr- uh, trade up to get him, or maybe it was Portland. I don't know. I think it was Portland. Yeah. I knew uh, the Hawks were rumored to go to trade up to 27 because they were – or to trade up to 19, trade back from 19 because there was something through the NBA Twitter sphere that they, the Hawks guy <laughs> Maryland they took was going to be taken and – yeah, they tried to work a deal with Milwaukee, and then Nobit right. was the other redhead who played <laughs> basketball. Yeah, they, yeah, I know you're saying they thought they were going to have to trade up to get uh, Werter or whatever Werter, and uh, but they they yeah. got, got their guy uh, at 19. He fell to him, so you know that's a win for them. Um, something else too that's uh, 
I was a, it was a lot that was going on at one time. Like when uh, Zaire Smith got taken by Phoenix at 16, um, you know, it was like, oh, you know, Phoenix going with the point guard, whatever. Then it then it comes out about the Mikhail Bridges trade with the Sixers. Basically, they just swapped picks. I can't believe they traded him. I See, can't believe yeah, they traded him. After, that was that was my initial they, reaction. After they put his mom on TV saying that how proud she was of his son for playing for the 76ers because that's where she works, and then six picks later they trade him. I thought that was that gutted me. That was the most heartless thing I've ever seen by a team. Yeah, I think, uh, and from what I've heard, they're, they that that wasn't their plan. Like they, that I mean, that's why he went through with all that stuff was because um, they had no plans on trading him. That was somebody that they had been look, pegged as taking the whole time. You know, if he was there, they were going to take him. He was worked out for him multiple times. But then they said Phoenix when it came up to the 16th pick and Smith was still there. If Phoenix engaged him and said, look, this is who we want. We wanted to trade up for him. We didn't know. We just didn't have what we needed to trade up for him. You know, uh, we, we, we'd love to have him. I think, I think Phoenix – I definitely think Phoenix overpaid. And I think that the trade, while the optics of it and the whole mom thing and the, and the situation surrounding it sucks for, for the, you know, media purposes. But getting a guy like Smith – and then getting that first round pick in 2021. I think that's actually a really interesting move because I do think Bridges would have come in and fit better, like been able to play sooner than Smith. But I think they got way more value. Like he obviously has a higher ceiling. And then you get that pick, you know, in, in three years when they, I think they're projecting high school players to be draftable at that time once that one and done rule, uh, you know, goes away or whatever. So. I can't hate the the I guess the fight you know the front office side of it, but it does suck from an optics stance. Yeah, I get I get the saying, but it's just that was my re- uh, initial reaction. They're like, oh my goodness, they just put his mom on television, and now was, they're uh, shipping yeah, across he, the country. <laughs> he was getting interviewed with the Philly hat on while the Twitter was going crazy. Like it was it was it sucks so bad. I mean he's. He didn't even know. Everybody else knew. He had no idea. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so did you have any thoughts on Michael Porter slipping all the way to 14, too? I mean, that was a guy who was looked at as almost a lock for the top 10 here until the very last minute. I'm not a believer in Michael Porter. I never have been and never will. Um, I thought he should have gone exactly where – who drafted him. Uh, when I was – I had the privilege to work the March Madness here in Nashville – and Missouri was a team that came and played, and I got to the arena early, and I got to watch them shoot around, and he just could not do a drill to save his life. And it was – he couldn't make anything. He messed up the three-point shooting drill a few times. He, his coach was in his ear just, like, trying to pull him away and, like, hey, we'll do this instead of that. And he just had this attitude where he didn't care. and that was the moment that I just did not want to start rooting for this guy. Yeah, it's hard to get stuff like that. It's hard to, you know, disregard blatant stuff like that when you see him in person. And, I mean, he really – I think it was a stupid decision to come back and play at the end of the season. I know it's a passion thing or, you know, wanting to be with your teammates and your little brother. Um, but I think as far as a draft perspective, he really hurt himself. I do think the medicals would have made an issue, made it an issue, but – 
I do think it, it was just a, it was just an Ill, ill-advised decision by him and his and his people. Um, before the draft, I mean, before the injury, like last year when he was the high school player, the you know like number one player coming out of high school, like. I was a I was a big Porter. I, I was wanting the Grizzlies up, up until probably a couple of weeks ago. I was wanting the Grizzlies to take him too, just to take a chance at him because I think his skill set's crazy. He has the ceiling of a superstar who can score from anywhere. But dude, back injuries, man, we've seen it ruin too many people across all sports. It's just nothing to play with. You're, 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 I mean, Denver. Well, that was a smart decision to take a chance on him. I mean, whoever they drafted wasn't going to come get major minutes anyway because they've got pretty much a locked-in starting five and then in a pretty deep bench. So uh, it's worth the shot there. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of su- – I hate it for him, though, because, you know, he was he would have been a no-brainer top five pick if he didn't get that back injury. Yeah, I, I agree with you, the injury. But, uh, like you said, I think a team that could afford the risk ended up taking him. So – Denver, I would like to see how he meshes well with them. But like you said, their starting five is set if everybody stays healthy. And we'll see what we go from there. But one thing I forgot to – we're going to back backtrack to the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. They got three draft picks next year, first-round draft picks next year. One of them was courtesy of the Luka trade. And potentially they could be one, six, and 11. Well, guess what? All three of those rookies' numbers are this year. Trey Young is one. Kevin is—I uh, <laughs> mean, Trey Young is eleven. Kevin is one, and Philman is six. So that's kind of like a crazy coincidence. Yep, their draft picks next year could be as one, six, and eleven. And Young took jersey number eleven. Kevin took jersey number one. Philman took jersey number six. But I just thought that was just like one of those crazy coincidences that that's like a, sports that's nerds like, a, like to hear. That's like an NBA Reddit, uh, like conspiracy theory. That that's a great one. Like that's something that people like that. That right there. That's 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 hilarious. And the fact that they just have projected three first round picks that high in itself is like, I mean, that's that's why. I mean, the Luca decision hurts, but it's like they they got to. I mean, having that Dallas pick next year, like they're building a, they're building a squad there. You know, well, I do like some of the stuff. I'm excited to play. Excited yeah. to see him play. They won't win games, but I'm excited to see him play. That's Return right. Of my son, John Collins. <laughs> if you can be a good league pass team, that's all. That's I mean, that's if you're bad, but you're fun to watch. I mean, that's the best you can hope for, right? Like the Lakers last year, they were fun to watch, but they sucked. Um, Throw it up to John Collins, my son. <laughs> the pre- What are they? Somebody has, I think Tate Frazier has a nickname for him. They call they call him the priest or the the reverend or something like that, but great nickname john the baptist john the baptist that's what it is john the baptist colin yeah baptize him but yeah man hawks at least y'all had a lot of picks we used our second pick on uh, at least i got some shooters we used our second pick on uh, a 40 year old man out of west virginia and javon carter and uh yeah that was a questionable one i i mean the grit and grind shit that people say all the time. Like he fits that. He's a great defender. Uh, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be fun to watch, but like, man, there was some, he'll eventually make me fall in love with him. But dude, there was the same way with y'all trading that second round pick. It's like, there was so many wings there that you could have given a chance on. Like, 
I just I don't get the NBA, man. Some it's like some general managers just like they can't be influenced by anything. Like they know what they're gonna do. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna take any chances. Why do we need a third backup point guard? <laughs> Why do you? No, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. Craziness is the NBA is about to have to reach that button because next week, yeah, creation, man, everybody's favorite time of the year. Yep, that's true. It's gonna be fun. Uh, we'll get back on the we'll get back on the horn to talk about that too. For sure. I mean, I think what Monday is the first day of free agency, and then uh, mm-hmm. and then so I mean, we'll we'll be getting news on Sunday, so all over the place. So, um, hey. We'll get on, we'll get on the horn. We'll, we'll get some recordings done. But uh, but anyway, man, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate it. No problem, Jacob. Yeah, uh, where can uh, hit your Twitter handle up again? It's couple o fox c u p p l e big o and then fox. Former Vine star Kyle Couples. Former Vine star. I wish Vine was still in business, and I'd probably have. I don't know. The sky's the limit, probably. Probably, uh, you'd be vlogging in L.A. like the rest of them, right? I know. I don't think I could live in L.A. That lifestyle isn't for me. (laughs) All right, man. Well, uh, guys, don't forget to check out um, check out uh, daydrinkers.com. Use the promo codes from the website, Clear Path, and uh, get you some gear there. They got some new uh, LeBron free agency shirts up. Uh, Check out the Vendetta Sports Media website. Got a lot of great articles up, some podcasts uh, and everything. So check those out. And then, uh, like you said, Kyle's at a couple of thoughts on Twitter. I'm at Jacob McCormick underscore. Um, And then, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Kyle. No problem.